We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, what up, what up? Welcome into another edition of Green with Envy. We have all made it. The NBA season is back and we're here to celebrate it with, of course, a gathering of the three-man weave. This is your boy, Will. We're checking in. How you doing? How you living? First up, we got the coach of the podcast, my best friend, the one and only Greg Manakis. How you doing, buddy? Excited, bro. Excited. Season's here. Next up, you know who it is. It is the leader of the Taylor Gang, our podcasting cousin from across the pond, the one and only Adam Taylor. Been a minute. What's good, Adam? Yeah, it's been too long, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was on the verge of Hades. I'm, I'm back now. Hey, listen, we, we, we had some huge, some of our fans on YouTube were asking, yo, where's Adam T at? I mean, we've had, we've had engagements. We've had covid We've had wisdom teeth out. We've had, uh, you know, undiagnosed injuries from Coach Greg. We've had a whole lot going on. But I got to say this. I got to say this. When it comes time, when the lights are brightest and the NBA season's back, the three-man weave does not fuck around with load management. All three of us here today to talk about the opening of the NBA season. So I'm proud of you, my guys. I'm proud of you. We're not like the Phoenix Suns, who Bradley Beal's already sitting out <laughs> game one, and Devin Booker might be out game one. So, uh <laughs> we're a little bit better than them yeah not a not a hot start from from the new look sons but let's set this up for y'all today we are super excited uh so we're recording this on tuesday the official open of the nba season as greg just alluded to it's going to be um the lakers and nuggets to tip it off and then it'll be the suns and warriors sands bradley beal maybe devin booker uh take it on the warriors after that and then of course your boston celtics wednesday night in Madison Square Garden against the New York Knicks. It all goes down, tip off a brand new season. Myself, Adam, second half of this podcast, we sat down with our homie from Knicks Film School, the one and only Jonathan Macri. Uh, we chopped it up with him. Got a whole preview set up for that to get you set up for what the Knicks look like coming into the season, what that matchup can look like. Uh, and we didn't have enough time. It was a quick interview, but we didn't have time to quite get into those Joel Embiid spicy rumors that are, that are hitting the internets today. But We'll uh, we'll have more on that. We tease it at the very end of the of the of the podcast today, so we'll come back to that. But we got the three man weave together. It's been a minute. 
NBA season starting. We're excited. So we're going to do three things that we're excited about for the upcoming NBA season here in honor of the three-man weave. And we're going to snake it around here. So we're going we're gonna to start with Adam. Then we'll go to Greg. Then we'll go to me. And then we'll, we'll snake it back till all three of us can get three things that we are really excited about for this NBA season. So with that being said, Adam, you are up first here. What is the first thing that you are excited about for the upcoming season? The first thing I'm excited for is the Jason Tatum low post work. If you, I don't know if you guys read the John Corrales piece earlier today uh, with Sam Cassell talking about Tatum, the, the one thing he needs to add to his game and to really take him to that like quote unquote difficult to guard, which I took as unguardable level, was low post mastery, learning how to play make out of there, learning when to attack, when to go quick, when to go slow. I like the fact that Cassell's challenging Tatum to add more to his game, even, you know, just a two-time All-NBA guy. I'm excited to see how that goes, excited to see how that elevates him from where he is now towards that MVP level. Absolutely, yeah. And Sam Cassell, for, you know, some people out there, maybe kind of new to new to newer to basketball, maybe a little bit younger than us here, Sam Cassell was a great mid-post player as a point guard. Right, That was one of the things that he excelled at. Um, shot that great little mid-post fadeaway, great back-to-the-basket game as a point guard. So when I mean, you see all these videos of Tatum working with Cassell, it's got to get you excited because Sam Cassell was crafty. He was crafty as all hell. Yeah. And I think that's one thing with Tatum. He's so polished in everything that he does that it's like at times it can be like almost too polished, like it's too pretty, it's too textbook with all the things you want to get a little gritty yeah. with it want to want to okay, mix it up a little yeah, bit like a little um a little deceptiveness in there a little a little trickery in in the post i think could really add a lot so i i agree and that's something i mentioned on the on the last podcast um i think that the celtics need for tatum to reach that next level um him going into the post and getting at least at least three real post opportunities um ideally per per half but probably per game is more likely I, I think that could take quick, to the next quick question level. before we before we go to your your first thing that you're excited for, Greg. I wonder how many because po- we, we've mentioned this with Tatum. We mentioned it with, with Holiday in one of the last preseason games about you know how we we didn't go to Marcus Smart in the post probably enough when we had him. I think Holiday is going to be even better in that position. And then KP is is very widely known for being for performing very well out of the post as well. So it, it is leaving me a little bit curious as to. You know, obviously the Celtics aren't going to run all of their offense through the post, but we now have three different guys that we're all making cases for that that should get some post touches uh, throughout a game. So it is going to be an interesting thing to keep a keep an eye on throughout the season. Yeah, and I'll, I'll I think that's a perfect transition to my first thing that I'm excited about. My first one, I'll keep it Celtics related, is year two of Missoula Ball. Um, I think just seeing you know all of the the interviews that you see with Joe Missoula, how much more comfortable he seems, how much more relaxed he seems just being in front of the media, coming into the year with the whole summer to learn from his mistakes, the JJ Redick interview that we talked about, and um, how much he really seemed to learn from everything that happened in year one, where it had to just be like, not thrown into the deep end, but plunged into like the deepest, like the Mariana Trench of the fucking ocean. You know what I mean? And Joe Missoula is just told, try and find your way to the surface. You don't even know which way is up right now. Year two, he's coming in and he's able to implement all of his systems. He's not just doing um, basketball as math 
right? He's understanding that basketball is a game that needs to be played. You need to have all these counters and Missoula ball year two promises to have more post touches, more, um, you know, differentiating the action, having more uh, curve balls on the defensive end. We're seeing the zone defense on half court. We're seeing the two, two, one. So all the things that um, Missoula ball could become in year two where year one Missoula ball almost was um, kind of looked at it in, in, as a pejorative. Am I the only one that doesn't know what the Mariana Trench is? <laughs> it's the deepest part of the ocean. I have no clue. Okay. Is it not Dos Equis? <laughs> <laughs> the Mariana Trench is the deepest part of the ocean. Okay, okay. I, I I, you said that, and I lost track of... I lost track of everything else you were say saying, Greg, I was like, I don't know what that is. I genuinely believe it was food-related. <laughs> I honestly thought the, the marinara, <laughs> like marinara sauce. It's just a trench of marinara sauce. Not exactly, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel silly now. That's uh, twice now. I've said well, so much stupid since we've been on air. Hey, it happens, man. It happens. Well, hey, we all learning something here. That, that's what part of this podcast is, is we're learning and we're growing together. And uh, I agree with you, Greg, on all you said about Missoula, but the Mariana Trench just really stole the show in that entire uh, in that entire explanation that you gave. But with that, I'm going to move on to my I'm going to move on to my number one thing here. And I'm going to keep it Celtics related for for this first round that we're that we're doing here. And it kind of piggybacks on Adam's point a little bit here. It's a little bit of a prediction. I'm excited for the Jason Tatum MVP campaign because it is on. Because the more I think about it, Jason Tatum, to me, is one of four to five at most right now realistic candidates, I think, that could actually win MVP. He was fourth a season ago. He was sixth two years before that. Adam already mentioned back-to-back first-team All-NBA. Last year, he was 30 points per game, 8.8 rebounds, Four and a half assists with his worst ever three point percentage. Both the last two years, he's been right at about thirty five percent. So, and and let me start here, Adam. Greg and I have already planted our flags. Ten plus rebounds per game for Jason Tatum. Are you joining us on this, man? That's a that's a tough ask with everything else that he's going to be doing, and with Paul Zingas there just vacuuming up rebounds with his million foot wingspan. Yeah, I'm going 10, 10.2 rebounds again. Yeah, I, I think it's going down, man. I'm I'm big on the Jason Tatum rebound double double coming in. So I think this year, if he does hit that that 10 rebound per game mark, here's my prediction for Jason Tatum stat line. 31.5 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, five and a half assists. We're expecting him to to control the ball more, right? Like he's going to be, he's going to have the ball in his hands even more, going to be asked to play make. I think there's going to be a lot more spacing out there. And so if you get that three-point percentage from 35, just up back up to 36, 37%, that gets you a few more points per game. I think that's the that's the recipe and maybe that all defense that he's talking about. I don't know. We'll see. I, I think that's going to be a bit of a stretch for him to get all the way to, to all defense, but certainly, you know, he's, he's no slouch on the defensive end. You put that all together. If you can get the number one seed, put yourself in a position ahead of Giannis, then I think you're really looking at, obviously Giannis is still going to be in that mix. Joker is going to be right there. But also, is, is Joker really going to, Joker doesn't give a shit about stats, but that also is what makes him awesome. And then his stats are awesome, even though he doesn't care. So of course he's going to be there. And then outside of that, kind of, you know, maybe Devin Booker, maybe Steph Curry, Jason Tatum's right there. So uh, Jason Tatum, MVP campaign. That's what I'm excited about. So we're now naming you Will Picante Weir. <laughs> a little spice for you? 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit spicy, a little bit spicy. <laughs> I like it. I think the 10 rebounds is really difficult to accomplish with everything else that he's tasked with doing. To me, his defensive role is going to play a part in that. Like if he's asked to defend higher up on towards the perimeter, the re- like he'll be getting more long rebounds. He won't be crashing back as much. But, you know, he's evolved as a rebounder over the last few years. He's one of the best rebounders on the team, if not probably a top two rebounder now, Paul Zingas is there. I don't see a reason why, if he wanted to, he couldn't average double-digit rebounds. Yeah, and I think with, you know, the starting lineup that I'm hoping happens, you know, with Horford coming off the bench, I think there's going to be more opportunities for Tatum to get those rebounds. With Porzingis being in drop and contesting shots, so if he's contesting shots as the drop defender, right, and not necessarily just firing back and getting position and boxing out, if he's there contesting, somebody has to get the rebound. You know what I mean? And Tatum, next biggest guy, is already a pretty good rebounder himself. He's at, you know, it was over eight rebounds last year. That's one of the things that I said um, coming into the season. The first couple weeks before the before Vegas catches on to Jason Tatum is going to average double double digit boards. I will be betting the Jason Tatum over on rebounds every single game because I think no matter what it is, you know, I think I think during the playoffs last year they they started setting it like seven and a half a game. By the end of the playoffs, they were setting it like nine and a half a game. So they were starting to catch on to Tatum's rebounding in big games. We'll see if it happens over eighty two. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, (laughs) I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, him playing in a lot of one big lineups or one traditional one big lineups is a big hedge for me as to why I think that, you know, Tatum's going to get to those 10 because he just has to. Like, I think he's going to have to if he's going to be the 
you know, quote unquote, power forward in these lineups, he's going to have to clean up that glass, especially when, when KP is there protecting it. Uh, and there's not going to be a lot of those double or as many double big lineups taking a lot of those boards away. So I think that's going to play a, a pretty big role. So I'm here for it. Jason Tatum, MVP, MVP campaign. We'll keep an eye on that. My number two thing I'm excited for, we'll go a little bit outside the Celtics here. And this isn't really a shock. This is just some low-hanging fruit. But give me all the fucking Wemby you can. I am so excited for everything Wemby-related. 19 points, three blocks per game in the preseason. But that that's, like, not even the story. It's him nutmegging guys in the middle of games. It's him blocking Klay Thompson at the three-point line. Him swatting Steph Curry like he's playing basketball with Riley Curry. Like, it, it just it, it doesn't look natural. It just looks, it looks like it's CGI. It looks like it's a, a made-up 2K player. The way that he moves, the fluidity that he has within you know his game and, and his movements already, pulling up from for deep from three, catching off the elbow shots. Like I, I, we just haven't seen a dude like this, and you know it, it might be one of those rare LeBron James type cases where the hype is absurd but he may actually meet, live up to, or even exceed that hype. So uh, I'm all aboard for it. And, and Greg, you know, we got to keep a, a price alert, I think, on on any Spurs games that we can maybe just hop in the car and go make, because I think any chance we can get a, get a glimpse of Wemby, we might just have to take it this season. If you weren't going to say the Wemby hype, I was going to say the Wemby hype. You know, yeah. I figured. It, like I said, it's, it's low-hanging fruit. One of us how, was going to say it. How tired are you guys on Wemby than Chet, though? Well, like, do you think there's a huge talent disparity between those two? Because I think they've the, like I don't think the talent gap is as like seismic as what everybody believes. I think they're they're quite similar. Like I'm I'm just as excited for Chet as I yeah, am. Yeah, I mean Wendy. I have written down here what I was going to go piggy off piggyback off of that was Wemby versus Chet in that Rookie of the Year race yeah. this this season. I'm really excited for that. As much as I champion the player of the class belt, it is pretty cool that this year, the fact that we have the traditional Rookie of the Year, even though Chet <laughs> Holmgren is not a rookie, this is his second year in the NBA, the fact that they get to compete against each other for what I, I agree, Adam, I think it's going to be a, an historic uh, Rookie of the Year race because Chet is so damn good. He's just not 7'5", right? That's the that's the right. difference. That that's me. My point is that Chet, e- even though we have rarely seen some of the things Chet's done from a guy that size, like you can kind of look at Porzingis and say, Oh, I've seen some of these things. Like Wemby just visually mm-hmm. is a whole other ball well, game, even compared to 7 2 Chet. Hey, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's seven. crazy. Or 7 yeah, either. That, whatever. That's what's wild, right? We're talking about a seven foot guy and being like, Yeah, but com- he just doesn't have the size <laughs> that Wemby does. You know what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I <laughs> that's how absurd it is. But Chet, I mean, the the Chet block that he had on Dame Lillard. Like, how often do you see Dame Lillard's step back jump shot get blocked? Um, he a lot this season when he's coming up against the Celtics. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. But but also just in this Chet Wemby, like guys they've blocked in the preseason. Just think about that. We've mentioned Dame Lillard, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. Like these are the type of guys that are getting their shots blocked by these. Uh, gigantos like i don't even know the right <laughs> word to call these guys gargantuans is the only there you go that's a good one that's a good one is that what that is that what that means uh, <laughs> no but i i mean there's no need like, there's no need but Das Equis. What's it? Das what is it? Das Equis. But by the way, just for, for those of you listening, um, we were talking with Adam but before we we came, we came on today uh, about a potential Probo opportunity that involved Dosecki's beer, uh, <laughs> which Adam called 
Dasaki. Dasaquis. 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 Which is, I don't have it here, dude. And which is now the sponsor of a of this of three things from the three man weave sponsored by Dasaquis. I mean. <laughs> so I, I had my second thing. It's Wemby versus Chet. I'm really excited for that. Adam, what's your second thing you're excited about? I went Celtics related again. I'm excited for Friday, baby. Celtics versus Miami Eastern Conference Finals rematch. Miami got worse this summer. I know I've seen some takes that they improved by like, you know, addition by subtraction. I think that's a lot of shit. I think you lose Gabe Vincent. That was a huge part of your finals run. You you lose Max Struess, which was kind of like always a painful sight for Celtics fans. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think they've improved. I think that Boston have really taken a leap ahead of Miami now, and they're going to be out for revenge, man. And I'm just really, really excited. As long as they win, if they lose, I want to be furious because the social the timeline is going to be unbearable. But I got a question for you guys on Miami because. It's once again, Miami is so fucking frustrating to talk about because I don't want to feel like I'm slighting them or overlooking them because I just can't do it anymore. I can't do it. They, they're they're too tough. They but they really are one Jimmy Butler shot away from beating us three times and three chances in the conference finals. But when you look at that team, and I'm with you, Adam. The the Gabe Vincent loss, the Max Struess loss is is I think big. I think a little underrated is their Josh Richardson addition. I like him back uh, yeah. in there. Yeah, uh, what? Is it Jamie Vasquez? Oh, love, love my guy, Jamie. Uh, Jamie, Jamie Hawkins. Yes. Love him. Or Jaime Hawkins. Yeah. Jaime Hawkins. There we go. Love that I'm dude. Sorry. I loved him at UCLA. I, I knew the Celtics were, especially when they had the 24th pick. I was like, maybe there's a chance he, the Celtics can, can get him, but was a little bit out of their reach. But my question for you guys is regular season. We know in the postseason, it doesn't really matter what seed the Heat come in as. You got to respect them. But where do you think they finish in the regular season? I've got them as a playing tournament team, dude. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on um, health. One thing with Jimmy Butler, how willing is he to to get up to close to 70 games? You know, Jimmy Buckets is their mm-hmm. best player. Um, Bam, you know, it, can Bam continue to take the leap on the offensive end? We've seen more and more um, Bam Adebayo stepping into a larger role on the offensive end. Obviously, I, I've been saying for years, Bam Adebayo should be a defensive player of the year. If he wins defensive player of the year, it's because the Miami Heat had a very successful season, right? So if you're penciling in Bam for defensive player of the year, he's anchoring a defense that does still have some good pieces there, right? That's one thing. Although Tyler Hero gets knocked for not being a good like isolation defender, he's a good rebounder at least. He he can he can yeah. board up. Um, Josh Richardson is a very underrated defender. He can still play some good defense. We saw that on the Celtics. Like he had some great blocks. He he was a good point of attack defender, uh, chasing people over screens. Um, you know, Martin had a heck of a playoffs. Can he continue to do that? Will they bring him off the bench? Is he going to start? Uh, Hakez, as, as you guys mentioned, has a lot that he can bring to the table. And then they got Spo. You know, Spo's never one to – he sees the the bigger picture. You always see the Heat kind of not playing great in the regular season and then turning it on towards the end. The Heat were the team that – you know, I forget how many years back now, probably like four or five years back – they had the like 11 and 30, 33 start, and then the record flipped the second half of the year, and it was like mirror images of the same team. Yeah. Like they, they just do that. Spo understands that they're trying to get ready for the playoffs and that he's going to have his team ready for the playoffs. So I think, I think definitely if early in the season it looks like, you know, damn, the East is a little bit deeper than we thought, we might need to turn it on sooner than normal because if we might get left out of the play in, then I could see the Heat like, 
ending up sixth seed, fifth seed, but I agree with Adam. I think they're going to be in the plan again. Yeah, six to eight seed feels about right, but at the end of the day, doesn't matter. Everyone should be terrified of them come playoff time. Like Greg said, just just laid out the whole case for it. So, but I was just curious to get your guys' thoughts on that. Adam, let's uh, let's take us around. Uh, let's let's take us around the world here one more time. You got your third thing that you're excited about. So this one is a non-Celtics related thing, and it's literally just a hope more than something I'm excited about. So I'm hopeful that we finally get to see a full healthy season from Zion. Like, also on my everyone, list. I think everybody's talking about the Wemby, the Chet, you know, I feel like we've disrespected, disrespected Scoot Henderson a little here. We know one's mentioned Scoot. I'm excited for Scoot too. But Zion, when everyone's like, Wemby is the biggest name to come into the league since LeBron. Well, Zion was that before Wemby, right? And we, we've just never really got to see it. We had that one healthy season under Van Gundy where there was like point forward Zion and everyone was intrigued about, hey, if he can become a playmaker and he can drive and dish and his second jump a bit, but he, he just hasn't been able to pull it together. All the reporting coming out of New Orleans is like, he's really healthy. He's been in the gym a bunch. He's shed some weight. Like this is the most, the most professional version of Zion anybody's seen. Obviously he had that entire whatever you want to call it to start the off season. And maybe that's helped refocus him. But I'm curious I, how you're going to word he's that. Locked in, if he's locked in and he's healthy, like I'm really excited to see a locked in, healthy, motivated Zion. And I really want to see him go up against Wembley. <laughs> I think that'd be so much fun because it's just the, um, like six strikes versus power. seven, five, who oh, string bean versus, versus the black Panther. Like see, see what happens. The incredible Hulk versus Mr. Stretch. Yeah. There you go. That's even better. Yeah. Yeah. I think with Zion, the biggest thing with him is how much have those injuries sapped him of the otherworldly explosiveness, right? He could be have a healthy year, but if he, if his vertical isn't what it was, you know what I mean? Like that's what made him really special, especially with his ability to finish around the rim. Is he's, I mean, the guy is six, five, six, six, right? So if he doesn't get above the defense in the post like he was before, you know, he he might struggle to finish. Like he was shooting 70% near the rim early on in his career. If that comes down to yeah. 60% near the rim, you know, the the MVP level nature of Zion might be past him, you know. But if if he can still get up and to, for example, that breakaway dunk that we saw in the in the preseason where he had the steal and he had a wide open breakaway dunk. I don't know if you saw how high his head was towards the rim. It was not anywhere close to what it used to be, you know. So I'm just wondering how much of that explosiveness is still left within him. Obviously, he's still going to be a crazy effective player, but you know, with Zion to Adam's point, you know, Wemby, all the hype around Wemby. When Zion came in the league, everyone was like, "Watch out! Like, we we better win now because right. this dude he could just take over the league. He's a freaking monster." And and I thought about his name as I was making the the Wemby Lebron hype. Uh, comparison earlier, I was like, well, Zion's in this category, but as far as the living up to and exceeding it, just health hasn't allowed him to do it consistently when he's out there. He very much has. And then, Greg, I always think about that point that you just made here is that since he's coming to the league, these injuries have, we've already seen it take a toll on his athleticism because I think when he first came into the league, everyone's just thinking, oh my God, this is going to be, you know, the, the first four to five years of Blake Griffin 2.0 with a guy that has, you know, an incredible skill set and where he's going to dunk on everybody. I can't really think of too many highlight dunks in, in Zion Williamson's NBA career that, that really jumped to mind, right? So it's all been more below the rim, him using that strength in, 
you know, some combination of, of Shaq strength and Charles Barkley's body. Mm-hmm. That's been really fascinating to watch in the ways that he gets his shots, but it hasn't been that same explosion of athleticism. Right. Is he, is he going to just like end up being like a mix of Rodney Rogers and Julius Randall <laughs> or Zachary, like, <laughs> like how much Zach Randolph is going to be in his game? You know, yeah. like, it's really it. the evolution of Zion is, is, is to the point of, you know, what to watch for this upcoming season. It, it's fascinating to see, what it would look like if he actually plays 60 to 70 games and you know what what form it, it takes now and what the what the longevity is behind it potentially all right greg let's uh let's go to your second your your, your last thing excuse me that you're okay for. i'm gonna say two things one of them i'm just gonna say it and then the other one i'm gonna one, one more thing <laughs> king never dies no matter I'm what i'm excited for cade cunningham's return okay i'm just gonna say that we i love cade i'm excited for what he's gonna do but for this purpose of this discussion, I'm excited to see what this, the ex-Celtics are doing around the league. You know, you just saw Aaron Neesmith got his extension. What has Neesmith become? Ime in Houston. We're going to be able to go see some of those games, well, I'm sure. Um, just checking in to see how Ime bring, you know, as much as I want Joe to succeed, there's a part of me that's always going to wonder what if Ime had stayed with with Boston, right? To see how the Houston Rockets develop under him grant williams like please please i want grant williams to have a fun exciting career but that mavericks team is a fucking mess so i don't know that he's going to have a great year and i want him to have a great year rob you know rob being in portland does he end up on a on another team please lord i'm asking you if i'm praying to a lord i'm praying to the time lord right don't end up on an Eastern Conference team that the Celtics have to play in the playoffs. Like if Rob Williams ends up making a difference against the Celtics in the playoffs this year, I will absolutely cry. I will just sit there and sob. The Miami Heat trade for Rob Williams. Rob Williams becomes the swing factor in the Eastern Conference Adam, semifinals. I, I literally right brought I wanna, that up. I, wanna, I literally brought that up last time. I want to kill both of you <laughs> for even putting that out there. I mean that's mean. You don't want to. No, kill I us. do. I um, literally do. I want you both to die. <laughs> like, like I don't want. To... How about just a paper cut? Would you do a paper no, cut? Like I that's just really a I, mean, I can't. Die, I cannot. Dude. I would not be able to handle Robert Williams on the Heat. I would not be able to handle it. I would run away. I'm hurt. <laughs> truly, truly hurt. Well, for for the sake of of my life and Adam's life, let's hope that Rob Williams does not come in and uh, disrupt the Boston Celtics uh, in their Eastern Conference <laughs> playoff run, or in any in any form, in NBA Finals, whatever it may be. Let's hope that for the sake of this show, because Greg might be doing a solo pod by the end of the <laughs> well, year. You'll, you'll if, both uh, be dead. If, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You could be just. I mean, that's an expensive murder, though, right? To fly <laughs> over here. <laughs> to kill me, then to figure out how the fuck to get back out the country in time. Like you're gonna have to spend some money and do some real planning, man. I, I feel okay with this. I'm not too. I mean, my, him killing me is pretty easy. He knows where I live. He knows. He knows I mean, the Adam, you just, you lives, just told us you get, you get some of these boxes of wine sent to you and all this stuff. You know, maybe I just like fake a package with some tainted wine. Who knows? <laughs> oh, that's a woman's poison. You, you don't have my address. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. If you ever ask for my address now, the answer is no. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's wrap this up here. I got one last thing that I'm excited for, and I'm going to keep it with the Celtics here to round us out here. And there's a little bit of another. I'm, I'm sticking on the the predictions. We didn't do the full uh, awards, but I'm going to keep it with the awards here, and I'm going to go with Derek White and Drew Holiday make the All Defensive Team. 
very rare that you see two members from the same backcourt. Two members of the same team. It has happened. Two members of the same backcourt. And I, don't, I can't say starting because I don't know if it's going to be if they're technically going to be starters or you know if Derek White's coming off the bench or someone's coming off the bench might make it a little bit more difficult. But trivia question for you guys. Did some research today. Dating back to 1980, I could only find one set of backcourt-specific teammates that both made an all-defensive team. One made the first team, one made the second team. Can you guys name that backcourt? Can you give us like a like an era? I'll give you the I'll give you the year. I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give you the year. Well, I wanted to see if, if you if it somehow just came to you right away. Then I was going to give you a, a few more clues here, but I'll give you the year: 2012, 2013. Ooh. 2012-2013. There is a Boston connection to it. There's a Boston connection to it. I'm fighting the urge to just type this in. You know that, right? <laughs> hey, it, it's, it's kind of difficult to just type. Uh, believe me, I, I had to do a lot of manual research for this, so I was like, I got to use this on the show. This took me way too long to actually look up and if i and by the way if this is not 100 percent correct and someone listens to this and finds it to be inaccurate let me know but i'm i'm almost positive <laughs> I got, I, this is the only i got nothing there was a boston celtic this offseason that was also traded to this team <laughs> i love that you're continuing to give hints um okay tony, tony allen, allen. Yeah. allen. That's one. And Mike Conley. There it is. Tony I Allen. Cheat. Yeah, it's all good. Tony Allen first team, Mike Conley second team. That's the only time, and I only, I only went back to 1980, that I've ever seen that there were two members of the same backcourt that made the all-defensive team. I think Derek White and Drew Holiday can do it this year. If they're both starting, I really like their chances to both do it. If one of them's coming off the bench, I think it's going to make it a little bit tougher. But that's something that I'm going to be watching for is if we can get two guards in the all defensive okay. spots well i'm glad that at the end of the exercise you uh you did the exercise correctly rather than making a prediction you would say uh i'm excited to see if these two guys make the all <laughs> defensive team hey man i gotta i gotta sneak it in here we wanted to do a little bit different but i like some of those prediction podcasts so we gotta i gotta sneak it in where we can here and on that note before we leave i'm gonna make you guys do it here give me your nba finals prediction Greg, Adam, I'll round us out, and then we'll send it over to a preview of the Celtics-Knicks opening night. Celtics-Lakers, Celtics win. Adam? I've got hmm, Celtics-Suns, Celtics win. Celtics-Warriors, Celtics get revenge. That's going to do it for this side of the Green with Envy podcast. Give it, take a quick break here, and then on the other side, you're going to hear myself, you're going to hear Adam, you're going to hear Jonathan Macri. It's opening night, Celtics-Knicks. Sit back and enjoy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Wednesday night, the NBA is back. Boston Celtics tipping off against the New York Knicks. Madison Square Garden here to help us break it all down and set up this preview is our friend from Knicks Film School. We got our guy, Jonathan Macri, in the building. What's going on, man? What's going on, guys? Um, happy to be talking to you. Excited for a new season to start. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about basketball. Let's do it. Let's talk some hoops, man. And, you know, we're recording this on a Monday, so it is a day or two before here. So I actually want to start uh, with probably the most pressing topic in, in Nick's Twitter, Nick's just think process right now. We're coming up on a deadline here in a couple hours. Emmanuel, quickly. Extension? No mm-hmm. extension? Where are we at? <laughs> Hasn't come through yet. No, no. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as, as we're recording this, we're an hour and 33 minutes away. I have pretty heavily been on the side of I thought an extension would get done, um, mostly because not anything I've heard, but just the people who um, the beat reporters that, that, you know, usually get this stuff right, uh, have been pretty consistent in saying that they uh, it was their opinion not the you know new new hard and fast, but that it was their opinion that a deal would get done. Guys like Ian Bagley, Fred Katz, and I just thought, you know, coming off of Quick's playoff performance, which was which was a little disappointing, that that would, you know, cause his camp to bring down their number enough from where I'm sure it was, um, you know, around like the February, March, April area where we where we in Nixland were like, oh my God, is this is this are they gonna pay him like twenty five million a year for five years to keep him around? I thought the Knicks would be able to get in under a hundred a hundred million dollars with get of guaranteed money over four years. Um, my guess by the fact that it's not done yet is that his camp is pushing for. Um, something a little closer to what the uh, you know Jade McDaniel's and, and Devin Vassell's of the world seem to be getting. I, I don't I don't put him quite in that class of of. Well, I should Jade McDaniel's. I think I, I'm a big fan of Jay McDaniel's. Devin Vassell is more a little bit more theoretical at this point because just from an injury standpoint. But when the guy's out there, I mean, th- those are two big jumbo wings who can shoot and you know might have a little creation juice. Emmanuel, quickly, I still think that there is a question about whether. Like how many teams in the NBA does he start for? There, there are there are Knicks fans who will tell you, oh, he should start for every team in the NBA. There are other people who might tell you, well, he might start for like five or ten teams in the NBA. Um, I think as long as you have to ask that question, it 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 kind of supports the Knicks stance. Uh, what I assume the Knicks stance is, which is, well, we'll try and negotiate a little bit harder than maybe San Antonio was with Vassell and and, and Minnesota was with uh, 
with uh, McDaniels. Although I thought the McDaniels number, honestly, it was lower than I thought it would come in. At. I thought that dude was getting 30 a year. Uh, so 27. Yeah, just shy, below. about 27 and a half. Yeah. But you mentioned a quick uh, point about quickly that I, I want to ask you that will start to get us into setting up the Celtics-Knicks opening night. Is he going to even start for the Knicks, or is that going to be Grimes' spot? Or what are we what are we looking at for that no, starting lineup for the Knicks? They have as sure a, a sure starting lineup in the league. Um, it's Brunson, um, Grimes, R.J. Barrett, uh, Julius Randle, and, and Mitchell Robinson. I mean, quickly occupies. It's weird. He occupies an extraordinarily defined role for the Knicks, even if that role is someone who wears many hats. So. He is the backup point guard for one, but obviously, you know, on a team with Jalen Brunson playing 35 minutes a night, that's, that's not all he does. So, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll play some with, with Brunson. It makes you a little small, but those numbers, the numbers for Brunson plus quickly lineups last year were off the charts. Um, speci- I mean, on both ends, uh, you know, and, and Brunson, as will surprise nobody, I'm sure. Most of his defensive numbers were pretty poor. When you throw Emmanuel quickly into the mix, almost irrespective of who else is out there on the court, those defensive numbers get a lot more tenable. So he'll play with Brunson. Um, he obviously is Brunson's replacement when Brunson is out. Like Brunson missed, um, Brunson missed uh, 14 games last year. Um, yeah, 14. That sounds right. Uh, so quickly started all of those games. And not only did he start those games, he, his average when, um, in all games he started, because that's the other thing. If Grimes can't go, if RJ can't go, he starts for any of those guys. Now, that may change this year. Maybe DiVincenzo gets the start if Grimes can't go. Maybe uh, Josh Hart gets a start if RJ can't go. But last year, if basically any one, two, or, the, or three spot couldn't start, that was quickly his job. He started 19 games, averaged, I think, 38 minutes a game as a starter. So it, it, that should give you some sense of like how, how valuable he is and how valuable he you know, could be maybe on another team that didn't have a primary like a Jalen Brunson, but you know, Brunson is here. So it kind of puts quickly in this, in this little bit of a different role. I kind of want to move off quickly for a moment <clears throat> sure. because me and you have spoke about the Knicks on 2 billion podcasts over the last few years. <laughs> approximately. Yeah, <it's> approximately. <clears throat> yeah. approximately. One player I always bring up, one player you're always low on, or lower than most on, or actually, no, I'm higher than most, you're about where the level falls, is Mitchell Robinson, right? Oh, so, I thought you were going to go and say someone else, but okay, keep going. I thought, you were going, I thought it was an R.J. Barrett setup, if I'm being Yeah, honest. I thought it was going that's, R.J. That's too. Was going. No, you see, no, you have <laughs> yeah. to set it up. No, no I'm, I'm not. Gonna, no, I, I think mean, I'm, I'm 50... higher on Mitch than I think yeah. most. This is a you thing. This is not a me thing. I am, <laughs> I am, I am fiftieth percentile, maybe maybe closer to sixtieth percentile on on Mitch. Uh, I like Mitch. Mitch is good. So here, this is where I'm coming from, right? Like, so I haven't seen much Knicks. Didn't watch much of them in the preseason. Did see them play the Celtics B, B team, C team. Yeah, Mitch was, Mitch was a problem. And yeah. from like from what I saw of him last season, he's he's kind of figuring out his size. He's figuring out how to be effective as a screen and roll guy, be effective in Tibbs' system. Yes. How much of an importance, like of a high value, do you put on him for how the Knicks are going to have this season? Everyone's worried about quickly, but I'm like yeah. Hartenstein isn't really the perfect replacement for what you want from with Mitch. He's more of a playmaking big. Hartenstein is so yeah. Uh, see where where your head's at with Mitch. I mean, Quentin Grimes said before the season that he thought Mitchell Robinson was the most important player on the team. Now, 
I would lean Brunson because this team is good, but so are like 26 other NBA teams or whereabouts. And if you don't have a guy to take you home in the last five minutes, um, you know, you might, you could be really good and win like 35 games. Brunson is that guy for them. He changed their team. That's why I'm always going to put Brunson number one to, to say nothing of all the other stuff he does. So, but after Brunson, after Brunson, I think there's a real good argument for Mitch because he's so Steven Adams, unfortunately, you know, tough news for him. He's going to be out for the year. Uh, Mitch Robinson, I would be surprised if he didn't lead the league in offensive rebounds per game. Um, he's, he's now, he, I think that maybe this now officially makes him the best offensive rebounder in the sport. I think, you know, you look at his blocks for 36 minutes, they've gone down every year of his career, which I think is a great thing because early on he was just, he knew he could get to everything and he tried to get to everything and slowly but surely he's tempered that down to the point where now his block numbers are lower because just like he knows exactly where to be and teams will not try it against him. So uh, defending the pick and roll, I think he is a top five center in the league at defending the pick and roll. Um, and then as far as like a, you know, a traditional, you know, screen and dive roll man, I mean, you know, he's, I, I would also put him top five in that category. The reason why I think opinions vary on Mitch, and by the way, just in regards to the preseason, I think on average, he probably had the best preseason of any Nick through the four games. But, like, the knock on Mitch is, like, the things that he's good at, he's great at. Um, but there are things that he's a complete zero. Like, if you throw the ball to him 10 feet from the basket, like no- nothing is happening. Like, you're not getting a play um, mm-hmm. out of that. You know, you're, you're not really doing a whole lot of, like, dribble handoff stuff or up uh, above the arc. And, like, you know, defending in space, I think he, he can do it. But that's not – I wouldn't define that as his strength. Um, but the biggest thing is like a team like Miami, which obviously beat the Knicks in the playoffs last year, they knew what Mitch was not going to do on offense and they made sure to take away the things he was good at and, and, you know, exploit the things that he wasn't great at. So all this is to say, if he went down for a sustained period of time, I think, I think their defense would probably fall apart. Like, and, and which is saying something because I think with him. I'm not sure they're going to have a top half of the league defense. So they, they really do need him from that perspective as well. Yeah, and I think talking about Mitchell Robinson is a good segue into looking at the the Knicks versus the Celtics specifically because the Knicks have played the Celtics very well. Last yeah. year, winning three mm-hmm. out of the four matchups, Mitchell Robinson was a, a very big part of that, You know, being able to control it from the defensive side, from the glass perspective, yeah. as you talked about. And so now I look at it, and I'm curious to get your thoughts. Obviously, you know, Adam mentioned preseason Knicks Celtics went up against each other. Knicks played their yeah. their B B and a half team, B minus team, C plus team, whatever whatever you want to say that they they ran out there. Yeah. But I am yeah. curious to know with the little glimpse that we've seen of this new Celtics team, where you add in Drew Holiday, you add in Chris Dapsporzingis. Yeah. So we'll talk about your feelings on him in just a second here. But how do you think? that changes what this matchup was because I think last year when you look at how the playoffs were potentially breaking down, the Knicks yeah. were a team that I always kind of looked at like yeah. it, in the aggregate and in a vacuum, you of course, I think we're going to look at the Celtics like, yeah, they've got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Like I, like I think I sh- like the Celtics should win that, but we've seen as we both saw against Miami, it's not always the team that you expect on paper to win. That's going to end up, you know, taking that series. So when you look at how the Knicks match up with the Celtics for this year, how do you view that? Yeah. I just want to point out, uh, Will said that in a really delicate way. I'm going to put it a little bit more bluntly. How terrified are you? Extremely. Um, I will preface this by saying that I am 
I'll go so far as to say much higher on the Celtics than it seems like most Knicks fans that I talk to. I think they are the only legitimate threat in the league this year to win 60 games. I think that they're, I think, you know what I think the Celtics are going to be this year? I think there's going to be a lot of nights where it's, you know, 42 to 24 after the first quarter. And it's like, what the frig just happened? And, but here's the thing, right? Is like, so why did the Knicks, why did the Knicks played the Celtics well over the last few years, relatively speaking? I do think the physicality aspect of it was a part of it. And that hasn't gone anywhere. We still have Mitch. We still have Julius Randle, who has had moments against Boston, obviously. Um, But, like, more than anything, I feel like... uh, So, when the Celtics have waxed the Knicks, they have done so in the way that they wax most teams, which is to put up a million threes and hit most of those threes. I, like, there... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there are times where, over the last few years, they have, like gotten not gotten away from that but like i don't know i feel like they're if if, if, i feel like that is such a winning formula for them but their offense just kind of gets janky sometimes Mm -hmm. i mean you uh, yeah you're both nodding so and like i feel like the knicks and it's weird because i'm talking about the knicks essentially winning those games on defense knicks were not a good defense last year but i think they did enough to to get the celtics out of their comfort zone to the point where it's like oh great we got another Jalen Brown, you know, fall away 18 footer. I'll sign for that. And then the Knicks would be able to kind of make a little headway, what, you know, in the ways that they, and, and give the Knicks credit. The Knicks are very good at doing what they want to do. And that's the other part of the Celtics. Like, you know, Missoula's first year as coach. I know a lot of Celtics fans have a lot of opinions on him. I don't think the Celtics attacked them. I'll put it this way. Watching the Knicks play the Celtics was a very, very different experience from watching the Heat play the Celtics. Because the Heat knew exactly what our weak spots were, and they exploited them 100%. The Celt- I don't think the Celtics ever did that. Um, uh, so, all that being said, what, how do you you know how do you beat any team? You take the head off the snake, and the Celtics have in Drew Holiday a guy that like look Brunson had success against him in one game. I'm thinking of last year against Milwaukee, but like Holiday is gonna. I mean, that's who the hell wants to deal with that? You know. And if you're taking Brunson out of his comfort zone and you're then putting the onus on Julius and RJ and quickly and whoever else to beat you, I like my odds if I'm the other team, you know, and then you throw in the fact that they went from a really, really good three-point shooting team to now I think they're going to be the best three-point shooting team in the league. Um, to me as a Nick fan, like you got to count on injury. You got to count on a couple of those guys being out at once, which like, Part of why I like them is I think they could sustain a loss to two of their top six and still be really formidable. Now, it probably depends on which two, and I'm sure you guys have already talked about that, Like you know, but whatever. Yeah, I, I fear them a hell of a lot, man. That team is – they're a bear. I just want – yeah, so for me, you said like you want to cut the head off the snake. As you said, there's six heads. It's a very big snake. It's got more. It's pretty snake, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> an anaconda. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking about yeah. us. For you, but that's an interesting question, right? Is it's like – because like, yeah, you always had Smart, who was kind of a gift and a curse and how he, uh, uh, you know, operated. But it is interesting to me, like, if, if they if the Celtics do find themselves in tight games with five minutes to go, like, is the – off? I mean, I'm assuming the offense is going through Tatum, but is it going through Holiday? Is it – you know, maybe go through someone else. Those are the I'll questions. be curious to see that. Yeah, I mean, that's what we'll find out throughout the regular season. I think. I think. I don't think we know the answer to that quite yet. I yeah, mean, we assume it's Tatum, but you'll see. Yeah, 
I, I still like the Knicks' chances if they could get the Celtics in a tight game down the stretch. And, like, that's how they won their games last year. They got, And that's how they beat a lot of teams last year. Um, but I just think the, the first 40 minutes, especially against the Celtics, are going to be – are just going to be hell to pay for a lot of teams. How do you feel – so Will kind of alluded to this. <clears throat> I was kind of building up to it with a Mitch discussion. How do you feel about Chris Stapps now? How, how, what can Celtics fans expect? Obviously, he's been to other places since he left New York. But you guys got the the full range of the Chris Stapps experience, but Tingus Pingus experience. So um, how, how you, how, what should we expect? How are you feeling on this? What's your temperature check? Wow, we got breaking news here. Whoa, that's low. Josh Green, three years, 41. Ooh. That's nothing for that guy, man. Cole Anthony as well, 39. Oh, I didn't even see that. Where, th- Cole got three for 39? Cole posted, um, Wo- Cole posted it. Woj posted it on Fred's. Oh, yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, I like oh, yeah, that. Here we go. Josh yeah, Green. That's, a, that's a great value for Josh Green for the Mavs. I think they're going to, I think the Mavs are going to be pretty bad this year, personally, but I like that as a great value signing for them. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, uh, my friend Grant. Grant Grant's going to be okay in Dallas. Yeah, I don't think he is. But that's that's my own person. He's not. But I'm, he I'm just shocked at, at at 41 three. So that's that's uh four. That's under 14 a year. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a, he basically was like, give me a little bit more of the mid level money, and they gave it to him, and that was it. So there, I, I there would have been a dozen teams in the league offering at least the mid level next year. So you so you bypass. That's your if that's your floor. You're five or six million dollars over three years over that floor is enough for you to take this deal when you could become a pivotal player for them and, and get someone to pay you closer to 20 next year. I'm really surprised by this. All right. Um, what was the question about Kristaps? <laughs> Temperature um, check on Tingus Pingus. Yeah, I mean, I think he's I think he's a different guy. I mean, he had a really, I thought, insightful interview with NBA.com around the middle of that season where it's clear that he's learned from a lot of his experiences when he was in New York. He has some regret. It seems like he has some regret for his, his, you know, how the things, how things went in Dallas. Um, to me, for him, it's just can he stay on the floor? I mean, he's grown as a passer. He's a guy that, like, you know, I know he was a pain in the ass last year when we played Washington. Um, you know, I, I think he's really good. I don't, I don't think I'd say he's ever going to make an All Star team again. But I think he's like he's someone that if the Knicks, I wrote about it last year. I, I thought. Absolutely, I would have been in favor of a, a reunion, depending on what you know the trade would have been and like what the what the what the number would have come in at for him. Um, I mean, as it is, he's making thirty. You know, the two years after thirty eight years, the two years after this one, which I think is fine. Um, yeah, I like him. I mean, to me, there's and he and, and to me, if there is one pivotal player in the Knicks matchup with the Celtics this year, ironically or fittingly, maybe is a better word. I think it's Porzingis because. Thibodeau's strategy, and this gets us back to Mitch, Thibodeau's strategy for years now has like, man, your center wants to fire away threes? Um, have at it. You know, we are betting that, yeah, sure, Miles Turner's going to have a game where he goes 7 of 11 or whatever, and we're probably going to lose that game. But we're betting that more often than not, and probably far more often than not, your Miles Turners and your Vuceviches and your, you know, I know about... Yeah, yeah, all of those guys are not – the math is not going to work out enough in their favor. I think Kristaps will test that theory. He is so comfortable putting it up from distance. And within that offense, um, he is uh, 
I think, going to just have great looks. And he's and the other thing about him, like, I, I don't know. I, I kind of think of him as a player who, if he's feeling good and he's feeling comfortable and he's feeling like the pressure's off, which it is now, he got his contract, right? He's in a good situation. He doesn't need to do too much. I think that dude's just going to let it fly free and clear. It wouldn't shock me at all if he shot 42 43% from three this year. And if you're going to let him fire, I think he's going to average eight, eight threes a game, if not more. If he's, if the Knicks are going to let him, I mean, him, the looks he's been getting in the preseason are just fantastic. I mean, the numbers are going to be insane because of the looks. And so, yeah. And for a team like that, and this is, I think, more than anything, why I don't like the matchup this year. Because if you're the Knicks and the, and the thing holding your starting lineup together defensively is Mitchell Robinson, and now you have to make Sophie's choice with Mitch is like, all right, you want Mitch going full out there at, to guard that dude, or do you want it? Because that's they're not going to abandon their scheme, even though the Celtics are in their division. They're not going to abandon their scheme for four games during the year. So I think these matchups are going to be really dicey. Um, here, I have time for one more. If you want to do one more, yeah, and then I'll, and then I'll get out of here. Uh, one more question here with you, and we'll, we'll kind of leave this so you can take it which way you want. Just give us your your final prediction for the for the Knicks and Celtics season results. Where where do they land in their conference seating? What's their final right. final result in the playoffs? I think Celtics, like I said, I think they're going to have the best record in basketball, number one seed. Um, I, If both teams are healthy, I would still give Milwaukee the edge in a seven-game series just for matchups reasons. And, I mean, I don't know. Do I need to sell you guys on Dame and Giannis together? Um, I can't wait to see I, it. It's going to be fun. I can't, I, well, my, I'm sending out a final like predictions newsletter on, on Wednesday, and I think they will play. I hope we get it. I think they're going to play maybe the best series the NBA has seen in, in years. I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm rooting for, I mean, I shouldn't say this as a Knicks fan, but like as an NBA fan, I would, I would love to see that series. Um, and then the Knicks, I think the Knicks will be good. You know, I think the Knicks will make the playoffs like as a top six seed. I've been kind of hemming and hawing. Do I think they're going to finish fourth, fifth, sixth? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't think this team is quite as good as some others seem to think they're they're and maybe that's just the guy who's been watching the sport for way, 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 way too long and, and can't shake the notion that like, okay, show me who your best player is. Okay. Show me who your second best player is. Okay. Show me who your third best player is. And like those three questions, I'm sorry, but in the NBA, they matter more with, they, they matter more than show me who your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. And the Knicks are going to have a ninth, eighth, seventh, sixth, better play, better of those guys than a lot of teams have. But like, and again, I love Jalen Brunson. No, you're not going to find a bigger Jalen Brunson fan than me. But the fact is that he's going to go into most matchups that he plays, where the best guy in the other team is going to be better than him. That's just, and that's not shade against Jalen Brunson, but that's just the NBA right now. It's insane, the, the where the talent is. So, you know, I, I'm I'm leery for that reason, but I believe in Tibbs. I believe in the depth. I believe in they're going to obviously play hard every game. The whole thing. Um, we'll see. They win 48 games, 46 games, 44 games, something in that range. I think I picked them yesterday to finish 47 and 35. So we'll, we'll go with that. And, um, I, I would not be surprised if I, cause I think they'll end up in the four or five if I had to bet on it. And it may, you know, if they get out of the first round again and you guys are waiting there in the second, we'll, maybe we'll get that matchup after all. Yeah, if that happens, we have to make it. We'll all be at one of the gardens. We'll figure out which garden. We'll <laughs> yeah, get there it is. together. We'll uh, we'll hang yeah. out. But no, appreciate you stopping by here, man. And next time you come on, of course. I really want to dig into uh, what that path looks like to getting that number one guy that you talked about because I think it's really fascinating where the Knicks are at. But we'll dig into that. Next I'll give you. Time I'll give you one hint. 
What you I got? give you one hint. It goes through Philadelphia. <laughs> that, that's what I'm thinking as well, too. And I think that's a whole other conversation that we need some more time <laughs> yeah. for. So All we'll right. hit that next time. Nick Celtics tipping off Madison Square Garden. Jonathan Macri, we, uh, we appreciate you for dropping by, my man. Later, guys. Be well. Always a pleasure, bro. Till I hit the floor Every time I get this high It's you I find It don't take much no more Until I'm at your door What can I say? You got me on the floor, you know I came to play. I know I shouldn't, but you seem to take my pain away. And every time I score, Jason Tatum fade away. I close my eyes. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com